Hello and welcome to Bible Talk with the West End Church of Christ. My name is Eric Craig and with me today is Steve Miskovich. We're glad to have you joining us as well as we study another portion of God's Word. We're in episode number 30 now and we want to think about the question, which baptism is essential for salvation? You know, the Bible teaches baptism in many places um, in the scriptures. Uh, we're going to look at even some different kinds of baptisms that the Bible talks about. Um, but one thing that we just need to note, and we'll probably get into it a little bit later in our um, in the episode here, is that God has a very definite place for baptism in the plan of salvation, that, that God places baptism as something that's essential for salvation. But yet, as we're going to look at um, here in just a moment, is that there's a lot of churches that practice something that's called baptism, but they practice baptism in various ways. Um, so we need to just look into the scriptures so we can evaluate, all right, which baptism really is the one that's essential for salvation? So get your Bibles out if you haven't already and join us um, in searching the scriptures for an answer to this question. Before we get into our study, though, we want to uh, invite you to come and worship God with us. Uh, with the West End Church of Christ, we assemble at 987 West Main Street in Newark, Ohio. Um, you can join us, especially on Sunday mornings at 1030, but other times as well as we're bringing back some additional service times um, uh, uh, here in the near future and perhaps really close to the time of this, uh, uh, when this episode is published. So we invite you to come and join us anytime that you're able to do so. If you have a Bible question, we invite you to get in touch with us. We can, we'd be happy to sit down with you and study the Bible um, to answer your Bible question, or if you would like to have a question answered in a future episode of this broadcast, please call us at 740-344-7954, or you can email preacher at thewestendchurch.org. If you're interested in a free Bible study course, we'd love to mail that out to you or email that to you, depending on your preference. Again, you can call us um, at that same number or email us, or you can go directly on the website and fill out a form at www.thewestendchurch.org forward slash Bible study. Once again, we're thinking about the question, which baptism is essential for salvation? And I want to just begin by realizing that there are many different forms of baptism that are taught and practiced today. And so it doesn't take long for us just to, when we look into the religious world or we um, hear different um, preachers talk or whatever, and you find out that baptism is doesn't always mean the same to everybody. So what are some of the different kinds of baptisms that we see? Well, one of these, uh, if it's strange as the word for it, uh, uh, there was years ago, I remember this one baptized by having rose uh, petals sprinkled over a person. And so that's probably the uh, most off-the-wall thing I've ever heard of. But, you know, but there's people that, some, well, some congregations or some church believe they don't even have to have baptism. Mm -hmm. But most of them, like, you know, like Catholicism, has sprinkling for, uh, for their form of baptism. And there's a whole plethora of <laughs> things that men come up with of what they think is is important or not important in baptism, at least concerning the Bible, what they feel like. Yeah. So infant baptism, kind of mm -hmm. going along with what sure. you mentioned, um, is one kind that's practiced, and usually that's uh, by sprinkling. Yeah. 
Um, though I believe I've, I've heard of at least one, um, one church immersing, um, infants, but that may, um, that, that's not a common practice. Um, there's at least one church that, um, teaches baptism for the dead. Yes. Um, but even more, um, common practice, um, would be, you know, baptism that, that just doesn't, doesn't teach that you have to be baptized to be right. saved, right? It's baptism for the believer, so to speak. Baptism right. for someone who's as an outward sign of an inward grace. Right. Um, right. So that's a common uh, baptism. Some will teach Holy Spirit baptism. And, of course, some teach baptism as immersion. And so there's just all these different types of baptisms that are practiced in the world. And what we need to do is test each one by the Scriptures. Yeah, and that, that's... I guess the whole point is what is the authority? What is, what should we do? Mm-hmm. What is the right thing to do? Because some people don't understand that you need a certain authority to be pleasing to God. And we, I don't think we're going to touch on that today, but you know, that is something that we have to look at. Yeah. So what we'd encourage everyone who's watching this episode is as we walk through scriptures um, about baptism, let's make sure that that we're evaluating ourselves. We'll evaluate ourselves. You evaluate yourself as, you know, we think about what is the baptism that God identifies as being the one that's essential for salvation. And then be honest with yourself. All right. Did I really obey that Mm. commandment? So certainly, again, we have all these different forms of baptism that are practiced throughout the world today in the religious world. But yet what we see in Scripture is that God only approves of one baptism today. Again, you can make a list of a whole bunch of different um, kinds of ways that people practice baptism and a lot of different teachings about baptism. But we want to go to Ephesians chapter 4, kind of base our study today in Ephesians chapter 4 and this verse here in verse 5. Now, the context of this passage is that um, as Paul was writing this letter to these Christians, he was trying to urge them, as the first three verses of the chapter demonstrate, to to live in unity. Um, and we don't have to make unity where there is none possible. That's one of the great things that God goes through in verses 4 through 6 to demonstrate how God's revelation contains unity. There's one God, there's there's one Lord, um, there's one Spirit, there's one hope, there's one uh, faith, all these things. I think there's a total of seven ones, one body, so one church. But in this list, we want to notice verse 5, and it specifically tells us there's one baptism. So we need to step back from that and think about, all right, Baptism is something that ought to unite people of faith, not something that ought to divide uh, with some thinking, well, this is the way to be baptized, and others teaching something different as the means of baptism or the purpose of baptism or whatever. Baptism is something that is uh, ought to be a unifying thing. Um, what we have to do, though, is to think through every baptism in light of the Scripture and evaluate, all right, is that the one baptism Paul was talking mm-hmm. about there? Um, the Bible, though, talks about different baptisms. There's mm-hmm. at least six different baptisms in the scriptures 
um, that are talked about. We want to run through those just real quick um, because as we go through this um, this episode, we're talking about this one baptism. This that's not to say that that other baptisms didn't exist throughout the Bible. Mm-hmm. We just noticed there's one in existence today. So what are some of the different baptisms that were mentioned in the Bible? Well, probably uh, the one going back the furthest is we think about this. The Corinthian letter talks about the baptism that Moses took with the children of Israel. And now to understand that aspect of it as far as baptisms is they were in bondage. They were in slavery. Romans talks about we're in slavery. We're in sin. They uh, were the... Satan, in a sense, the Pharaoh was trying to capture him, bring him back into Egypt. Uh, God opened up a space in the sea. They went across the sea as the Egyptians came in, covered them up, destroyed them, killed the power of Satan, in a sense, in the spiritual sense, but killed the power of them going back into bondage, and they headed to the promised land. Mm-hmm. Same thing. And, they, and then the Corinthian letters speaks that as the baptism that they went through. Yeah, First Corinthians ten verses one and two talks about how the Israelites, how they were all baptized into Moses mm-hmm. in the cloud and the sea. You know, they were they were surrounded by water. Yes, um, in in that uh, example, and as you talked about the purpose, right? They were slavery on one side, freedom on the other. So we'll keep that in mind as we go along as well. So the baptism of Moses is one, but is is that the one baptism that we? Live under today is the question. Um, no, right. unless you're living in Egypt and somehow you're in, in some form of slavery over there. No, no, no. Yeah, and you know God's not going to open the walls of water there at the Red Sea again for for that. This was this was a point in history. So every one of these baptisms that we read about in Scripture, we can we have to think about them. Or it's either in the past, the present, or the future. Right. And so we've identified now the baptism of Moses. It's something that's in the past. Uh, what's another kind of baptism? Well, we've talked about uh, Jesus went through a, a form of baptism in the fact that he had to go through sufferings and before he went to the cross and to give our salvation through his cross and his death on the cross for us. And uh, and it speaks about that suffering as a sort of a baptism, a, a trial that he has to go through went through and he had to go through that right matthew chapter 20 i believe it is that talks about um this cup that jesus had and and the scriptures even refer to this as a um as a baptism that he was going to be baptized with and so this was again something that was in the past, right? It, right. Um, the the word baptism, which we'll get into just a little bit later as well, is an immersion or an overwhelming. So it fits with this idea of Jesus' suffering because he was overwhelmed with suffering in what he was going to be going through. But again, that baptism was accomplished in the past. Um, what's another baptism? Well, we have the... Uh the baptism is called of John, okay? And in other words, John was the forerunner of Christ. He came to prepare a way for the, the, the new people that would be serving God. And, uh, and he had a baptism that they went through in the Jordan River primarily uh, to separate those that were believing in the coming Messiah. Mm-hmm. And that was who was Jesus. 
And uh, so he's preparing the people, separating themselves out from the world and the things that are in that present time when he was. Yeah. Yeah, Matthew chapter 3, you can read about the baptism of John. You can even read Jesus being baptized with this baptism. Yes. Um, this is not, though, the baptism that we live under today. In fact, there's even a passage in the book of Acts um, in chapter 19 that demonstrates that, and even back into the end of chapter 18, um, that demonstrates how people who were baptized with John's baptism, um, evidently after the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, had to be baptized then in the name of the Lord. There was yeah. a, there were some distinctions um, between um, the baptism of John and another baptism that right. we're going to talk about right. as well. Um, so we've got, what, uh, three that we've already mentioned yes. as being in the past. The baptism of Moses, the baptism of suffering, the baptism of John. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another baptism that happened in the past yeah i mean we had the uh baptism that would eventually come through the uh, holy spirit to Mm -hmm. the early church that uh, they was promised jesus promised that this would come they would the holy spirit would guide them into all truth and yet and we see that baptism in acts the second chapter taking place there where the Holy Spirit comes down on them and they begin speaking in other tongues and so forth. So uh, there's that. And that was foretold also by uh, G, uh, John also when uh, that he would be baptized and the followers after him would be different baptism than the one he was offering. Yeah, and I I think this is really one, one of the main ones that as we walk through scriptures that can become very confusing to, to folks. Mm-hmm. Um because, all right, we can read about Holy Spirit baptism even in the book of Acts um, with this history of the early church, and we read about other things regarding the Holy Spirit. And and so a lot of times folks might conclude, well, we've got to be baptized by the Holy Spirit today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we really dive into the scriptures, what we find is that Holy Spirit baptism was something that was done in the past. It was something that was promised, mm-hmm. uh, particularly to the apostles, yes. and that was fulfilled in Acts chapter 2. The only other time that we read of it happening in the Scriptures is in Acts chapter 10 and 11 mm-hmm. uh, regarding uh, the household of Cornelius. And, again, we, we can dive into this in a, um, another episode, perhaps, because it's a deep study, or certainly if anyone has questions about that, reach out to us. Um but the Holy Spirit was something that the baptism of the Holy Spirit was something that was promised. It was never something that was commanded. No. And so we have to make that distinction and realize that um, this is a baptism that happened in the past, and it's not the baptism that is commanded of us today. Yes. And we'll see that distinction a little bit later here um, as as we keep going through this study. Um, I also. Um, want to focus on, all right, so we've got four baptisms the Bible talks about that, that happened in the past. So those are not the one baptism that we live under today. Uh, there's also a baptism that I believe is um, referencing a future event. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's in Matthew chapter 3, verses 11 and 12, the baptism of fire. Yeah, I sort of jumped ahead a little bit, but yeah, that's, yeah, that's one, yeah. Yeah, so I, you know, I think the baptism of fire is a reference to um, 
you know, if we reject the Lord, we're going to be um, cast in the lake of fire um, and separated from God. And so that'll be an overwhelming of, of, of uh, suffering in, in its own right there. Um, so that's a baptism in the future and a baptism none of us want to be part of, for sure. I hope not. Right. Um, Some people talk like it is, but I don't think once they would have that happen to them, they would ever think. And we know that's probably true. Yeah, right. So, but there's another baptism. I want to go to the Great Commission, and we'll just l- label this the baptism of the Great Commission. We're going to go to Matthew 28, and let's read verses um, 18 through 20. And so here's Jesus. Um, now, he's already told them to wait in Jerusalem, and the Holy Spirit was going to come on them. So um, he's already referenced that, but now they were to take the message of the gospel, and there's a baptism here, if you want to read verses 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spake unto them. He's talking to the apostles. and He said, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye, therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. And that's, I used the King James Version on that. Okay. All right, so we've got, Whatever this baptism is, this was something that was to continue. Mm-hmm. So this is that baptism that that's still in effect, that was still in effect when Paul wrote there in Ephesians chapter 4, the one baptism. This baptism was connected um, in this process of making disciples and salvation, as we'll, we can see over Mark chapter 16 mm-hmm. um, and verses 15 and 16. So, again, four baptisms the Bible talks about that are in the past, one that's in the future, and one that's present. And that's the baptism of the Great Commission. And what we want to do in the remainder of our time is to really dive into that particular baptism and think about how we know that baptism is the one that's in effect today. But before we do that, we want to take just a moment and um, invite you to participate in our free Bible study course. We invite you to request that course and We'd be glad to send it out to you free of charge. Um, you can either get that through traditional mail or uh, email. Um, you can get that course by calling us at 740-344-7954, or you can email preacher at thewestendchurch.org. Or, you, again, you can sign up directly on the website at www.thewestendchurch.org forward slash Bible study. And we'd be happy to send you um, that course. Again, we've been thinking about which baptism is essential for salvation. We've seen that many different forms of baptism are taught and practiced today. We've seen that God only approves of one baptism today. But now we want to really focus more on that baptism, the baptism of the Great Commission. And what we notice is that immersion in water is essential for salvation. That's the baptism that's essential for salvation today. And we want to demonstrate that by the scriptures, of course. Um, let's notice in Acts chapter 8. Let's start there. And, you know, the fact that the, the one baptism that's in effect today is the, is immersion in water 
can be seen from so many passages, but this one in Acts chapter 8 certainly demonstrates it. Um, we remember, of course, the um, the Ethiopian man, and he's traveling along in his chariot, and Philip is sent to him, catches up and with him, and this man's reading from the prophet Isaiah. Um, he doesn't understand what he reads. He's wanting some help in that. And so Philip sits down and starts to preach Jesus <laughs> to him. Um, if you can read for us, Stephen, in verses 36 through 39. Okay. And as they went out their way, they came into a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, and you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded that the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. All right. So clearly this man was taught the need to be baptized. Um, Otherwise, he wouldn't have needed to stop his chariot. But we notice that there's a this was immersion in water. This was not mm-hmm. sprinkling or pouring. Right. Um, certainly, they probably don't even have to stop the chariot if they if this is just sprinkling or pouring water. Um, they probably have a a water bottle or something with them. Um, but even if they didn't and they had to stop the chariot for that, they wouldn't have both had to go down into the water for the right. baptism. And really, the fact is that the word baptize itself, it doesn't mean sprinkle or pour. The word was never translated into the English language. Um, It was just uh, transliterated. Um, And and so the word itself means immerse. The word means overwhelm. And that fits with this picture here in Acts chapter 8 and so many others as well. Uh, Romans chapter 6 is another one that comes to mind. Again, just to really emphasize the um, the form of baptism that is essential of us today, the form of baptism that is the one baptism that God expects us to practice today. And then we'll get into um, the purpose as well here in just a moment. So Romans chapter 6, um, and Steve, if you can read verses 3 and 4. Okay. Know you not that so many of us that have been baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him in baptism into death, that as like Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, so even we also should walk in newness of life. So it's a burial, not a sprinkling, not a pouring, but a complete burial um, in the likeness of Jesus's burial. Um, I also want us to see water in this baptism as we go over to 1 Peter chapter 3. Um, And in verse 20, it talks about um, Noah and his family and gives us a a figure, a comparison, um, and and uses that to talk about baptism. So if you want to share verses, chapter 3, verses... Oh, got the wrong chapter. (laughs) 20 and, and 21. Excuse me, it flipped a little bit. Yeah, there we go. Uh, chapter, oh, I've got chapter two. Now I've got chapter three. Okay, uh, which were uh, sometimes uh, disobedient, 
when once the long-suffering God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water. The like figure, whereunto even baptism, doth now also save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience to God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yeah, so we've got water there. Verse 20 makes it clear, right, with Noah and his his family. Um, you know, there's a situation where previous to the flood, they were in a world full of sin. Mm-hmm. After the flood, now they're in a cleansed world, we might might say. Um, so you take that figure that involved water. We see God using water so many times in the past to accomplish his will. It shouldn't surprise us then that the baptism involves water. Yeah. Um, and again, this passage, and we're, we're going to touch on the, um, the reason that we're to be baptized as well. But, but look here at this passage in verse 21 where it talks about, it just tells us that baptism now saves you. There's a lot of times that individuals and in the religious world, a lot of churches that will tell you that, no, you don't have to be baptized, even if they believe in baptism with water, even if they believe in baptism by immersion in water, even. A lot of churches today will tell you that you don't have to be baptized to be saved, that it's that you're saved first, you're baptized um, to show that you have been saved. Um, but this passage is showing us something completely different from that, telling us that it now saves us. And so that, so once we've established it's, it's immersion in water, that this, this one baptism that God requires of us, we need to think about, all right, this immersion in water is still in effect today because this still does what we all need it to do. Right. Um, what are some things that this, this immersion in water, what this is taught to accomplish? Well, when we think about it, it says, okay, we were once in sins, okay? When we are baptized as a person that believes that the teachings of Jesus Christ is correct, then we want to be obedient to whatever he says for us to do. And since the apostles were told to give the command to be baptized, we are to be baptized not because in a, uh, for just as the scriptures found, cleaning our flesh. No, we're cleaning our spirit. And that's when we make that separation, just as Moses made the separation when he crossed the Red Sea, just as Noah made the separation from the previous evil world. We are making a separation in our lives if through the blood of Jesus Christ to live a new life, a new world, so to speak. Yeah. You know, we're going to live a whole new world, new life than we have previously had. Right. And so this baptism stands between the old man, the new man. Right. It, Romans chapter 6 showed us that this baptism stands between being outside of Christ to now being in Christ, Galatians 3, verse 27. This baptism stands between being lost and being saved, as we read in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. Also, Jesus in the Great Commission in Mark 16 says, He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Um, this baptism stands between um, being in sin and being forgiven of sin, according to Acts 2, verse 38, and Acts 22, and verse 16. So what we have to realize is that other baptisms don't accomplish those purposes. Only this baptism that's in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, only this baptism accomplishes that those purposes. 
And so that's why we still live under this one baptism today. Yeah. Um, so what we have to do is challenge ourselves as we start to, to wrap up this episode and we think about which baptism is essential for salvation. We have to evaluate ourselves. Have you been baptized in the right way and for the right reason? You know, maybe you've been baptized in some way before with some kind of baptism, but you've not been baptized by being immersed in water in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit for the remission of sin so you, so you could be saved, so you could be in Christ. And if you haven't, let's realize you have not been ba- obedient to the command of this one baptism, and you're still outside of Jesus Christ. We'd love to study with you more about that if you would like to sit down and and look a little bit deeper about what God says about this baptism and even some things God says lead up to this baptism that we didn't have time to get into today. But let's not accept any other forms of baptism. Let's, Let's demand book, chapter, and verse so that we'll be obedient to God and be baptized with the one baptism that he says is essential for salvation today. We appreciate you so much for taking the time to join us in this Bible study today. And we invite you again, if you are interested in that free Bible study course, to to reach out to us and get in touch to request that course. Again, you can go online at www.thewestendchurch.org forward slash Bible study. You can call us at at 740-344-7954 or you can email preacher at thewestendchurch.org. If you have any Bible questions, you can reach out to us as well. We'd love to hear from you. We invite your feedback. And if you're in uh, anywhere near our area, um, we would love to have you come and worship God with us. We assemble at 987 West Main Street in Newark, Ohio. Once again, we thank you for taking the time to study along with us today, and we invite you to join us next time on Bible Talk.